Nicki Minaj podcast. Just a man doing the best he can with what he got. And yo, bruh, Joe Biden out here running his first term like his second term. Just, <laughs> just do whatever the hell he want to do out here, dog. <laughs> Joe Biden, like that old grandpa, was like, fuck it. What the kids want? I I don't care. Just what you want? <laughs> Give it to him. I don't care. <laughs> Joe Biden, way to bounce back, my guy. Way to bounce back. That's, that, that's the way to win a midterm election, my guy. That's how you get them. You lose the people, then you keep some goddamn surprises tucked in the back and be like, bam, there you go. Yo, this, hey, true story. I was on the phone talking to my sister, India Dean, looking for topics for the Common Knowledge Podcast. And I didn't really want to talk about the Trump Mar-a-Lago thing because uh, look, everybody know dudes lying. And in the conversation, when I was talking to her, the conversation turned to our student loan debts. And I told her, man, look, I gave up. Like, yo, I'm on that, come get me. <laughs> yo, And she was like, man, me too. The hell with those student loans? Something gonna have to be done. And I said to her on the phone, I kid you not, like, look, man, I... Joe Biden got to cancel some of these damn debts, man. I'm just waiting on him to do that. And if he does that, then I'm fully on board. And God damn it, I'm on board. <laughs> like, yo, you got me, Joe. Truth be told, I did not want to vote for Joe Biden. I voted for him, but I was not happy about it. I was pulling for Elizabeth Warren. She had a plan for everything, man. The woman was on point. She knew what she was doing. But because we have a two-party system, you got to pick one, one guy to vote for. Or not vote at all. Like, no voting is a vote. But it was either Trump or Joe Biden. And, yo, this is how I vote, guys. I, I'm i not part of a political party. I don't do that. I don't do the whole partisanship thing. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I am very socially progressive. I am very liberal, but I would never join the Democrat Party for various reasons. I think the two-party system is killing America. But how I vote personally, I don't vote party. I vote my interests. That's right. I line up what you going to give me, baby. And Elizabeth Warren was offering me the most stuff. She was. She was offering me free college, debt cancellation up to $50,000, which I think this should have been $50,000, but I'm not going to kill the, the good for the great. I'm not going to snub this because this is a big deal. And she was also offering universal health care, which was the reason why she got kicked out of the Democratic primary, because she gave the real price for that. Dumb move. Dumb move, Liz. Joe Biden canceling up to $20,000 of my student loan debt is a big-ass gift. And let me say, it's something that we had to do. This is not just good for me personally as a borrower. It's good for the country. Right now, the combined total of student loan debt, if you take out all our loans and combine them, it's the size of Canada's economy. And that's just our loan debt. The debt from loans. And I find it funny, man, that the main people who are railing against this debt forgiveness program that Joe Biden is proposing are from the generations that really got us in this damn situation. Me as a millennial on down to Generation Z, you know what our main problem was? We listened to y'all, our parents. Like, this is partly your fault, if you want to be honest. Greatest generation my ass you guys got us in this goddamn position. 
There's a good book that I recommend everybody reads. It's called The Debt Trap. And you need to read it. And basically what it says is, after World War II, there was a push of the narrative that you had to go to school. And it made all the sense in the world. You got to think, man, we wouldn't have the atomic bomb if it wasn't for the German scientists. So in order to be leaders of the new world, we thought education was key. So they're trying to think of a way to try to get more people in school. And this comes to a fundamental difference between our European brothers and us. In America, we looked at education as a privilege. In the European countries, they looked at education as a right. So in most cases, the government outright paid for that and subsidized their education, much like our brothers in Denmark and Norway who get all their education paid for, for free because it comes out of taxpayer funds. That could have been us, but we didn't look at it that way. So instead of trying to figure out a way to make education a shared cost, we found out a way to make it an individual burden. Thus, the student loan program was born. Instead of trying to find a way to make education a shared cost and come out of taxpayer dollars or through the treasury or get direct loans through the treasury, we decided to go through the banks. I didn't make that call. Generations before me made that call. 70% of all jobs today require you to have a four-year college degree. See what I'm saying? And that wasn't my generation that made that requirement. That was your generation above me that made the four-year degree a requirement. All the while, not adjusting my income for inflation and paying me more so that maybe I can pay off my student loans. And to be honest, the boomers in Gen X have benefited more from bailouts than any other damn generation. I've watched you guys get bailed out for y'all dumbass mistakes time and time again. The hypocrisy is hilarious. You guys have gotten bailed out for all your dumbass decisions. You've made dumbass decisions that my generation has to carry. But oh boy, when it's our turn to get a bailout, y'all losing y'all goddamn minds. I am a millennial. Do you know how many bailouts I've lived through during my life? And this is just me saying these off the top of my head. We bailed out GM. We bailed out Wall Street multiple times. We bailed out New York. We bailed out Detroit. We bailed out the airlines. I know at least three times since I've been alive. We bailed out homeowners. Like nobody asked me when I was in college paying taxes and didn't own a home. Did I want to bail out? Everybody who got a dumbass arm loan. During the Trump administration, we bailed out soybean farmers. You remember that? We just gave soybean farmers money because uh, Trump did that dumbass, what, that tariff thing? <laughs> we bailed out soybean farmers. There's legit no reason why banks should be involved with giving out loans for education. No reason whatsoever. <laughs> but they got bailouts when they messed up. Crazy. All these folks got bailouts. And if you want to go to recent history during COVID, PPP loans which people didn't repay. People didn't repay those PPP loans. They were forgiven. And look at look up the number of companies who didn't need PPP loans and took them out because it's just damn free money. It was free money and a lot of companies took them. All that in your face. All that didn't happen. All that recent history. But y'all have a problem now with student loan forgiveness. And you know what? Let's not even talk about loans and bailouts. Let's just talk about stuff that I subsidized during my lifetime Things that we have subsidized. 
We just got out of a 20-year war in Afghanistan that cost us over $2.3 trillion of my tax money. But y'all got a problem with student loan debt forgiveness. That's going to raise inflation. But all those wars didn't. But, man, you can't do student loan. Inflation, Marcus. It's inflation. I've watched you guys fuck up repeatedly. But, 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 my generation who took your advice, who wanted to get a better education because you told us that's what we needed to be productive in life. You told us that was our best way for upward mobility was to get higher education. Especially like me as a black man in the hood, that was the narrative. Hey, man, you want to get out the hood, Marcus? What you got to do is you got to study hard, go to school, and get a college degree, and then you can break up your community. And what happened was, all the while, the cost of college was going up and skyrocketing. You guys left wages stagnant and wouldn't pay us a living wage. Kill unions. The cost of living went up. But y'all was cool because y'all already benefited off the stock market. We couldn't get in because we didn't have no money. So all that we got was debt. Debt that y'all encouraged us to get. Once again, I don't know how y'all going to wash our hands of this and tell us to take personal responsibility. You get a loan, you got to pay it back. You told us we had to do this. This was the system you guys set up. You set up this system. And now that we don't play the game and the house of cards is crumbling down, y'all try to blame us. Like it's just all our fault. <laughs> what? I don't know who started this myth that everybody who took out a loan was going to be able to pay it back. Or once you got this loan money, you was going to get this miraculous job with all this income. But that's BS because we truly believe that anybody can pay off their debt with hard work, then bankruptcy wouldn't be a thing in the U.S. But you can't discharge student loan debts because the banks, they got greedy. Look up the history of Sally Mae. It goes to the psyche of how we look at education in America. We look at it as a privilege. Like, oh, well, nobody told you to go to college. But yes, yes, you did. You told me to go to college. My dream was to become a radio broadcaster. Now, truth be told, I could have just interned and learned all the skills I learned in college. I didn't really need a college degree to learn those skills, but that's what I was told to do. So that's what I did. Cause that was my dream. And when I got out, I got my broadcasting job. I paid $35,000 for my degree. And my first broadcasting job was $9 and 50 cents out of school. <laughs> that was it, dude. So in order to pay back my student loans, that means I had to go get a job outside of my major or suffer, not pay my student loans off for a few years or not pay anything on the balance, just suffer, stand there, or do something I didn't want to do. And like most people, we had to end up doing something we didn't want to do. And to all my people who out there who did that and sacrificed and paid off their student loans, who are now looking at this debt cancellation at us like, man, what the hell? What did I get? Yeah, man, I get it. I get it. It, it does kind of suck. However, I'm going to need y'all to stop being haters, though. <laughs> Yo, this is the fundamental problem of America, dog. At our core, we are some bottom-feeding, knuckle-dragging haters, man. Like, seriously, like, dead ass. I get it. You paid your student loans off. You did the what's right. You worked hard. You sacrificed. I Congratulations, man. Like, dead ass. I'm not even trying to be facetious when I say that. Like, you did good. I'm glad you worked hard and you paid that off. But 
there's a fundamental flaw in this whole system that needs to be corrected. And there's an argument to be made that this debt cancellation is not addressing the major problem. The problem of colleges not having any skin in the game, sitting on massive endowments and raising the price of tuition just because they can. No, this is not addressing that, but one step at a time, guys. One step at a time. Because if we don't, this is going to take the whole country in a spiral. Much like the housing crisis, like when we had to do something to readjust that, if we don't readjust these student loans or do something about it, man, all this debt that we're saddled with is going to kill us. The boomers aren't adding to the economy. They're retiring and dying. But we can't get our slice of the American dream because we're saddled with all this debt. Once again, debt jar encouraged us to get. So this is a win for everybody. And honestly, it's a big win for black America. I, I, I can't be the black guy who rails against inequality and quick to point out like all the losses and not take the victories. Like this is not a perfect bill, but this does help black America. Like most of the people who are in default on their student loans were black Americans who was trying to look for upward mobility, who was told that, yo, you can't get this good job. You can't get this good house. We're not paying you enough because you're undereducated. So we went to school. We did whatever it took to go to school. And that meant taking out loans because we thought at the end that we was going to have enough income to boost us into middle-class America. And it didn't happen. But hey, this debt forgiveness, it gives black America a big jump, a big boost. And look, look, it's so slick how Joe Biden did it too, right? Because... <laughs> I don't know if he intentionally made this a gift for black people, but I think he did. Like, you can't come out and do something for black people. Like, middle white America lose their goddamn mind. You're like, yo, I'm doing this for black people. That, that ain't going to be what's hot in the streets. Like, any white, progressive, super liberal person, they'll flip when you be like, I'm doing something for black people. They'll be like, hell no. You remember Bill Maher during the 2020 election when uh, Marianne Williamson was like, yo, I think I'm going to give reparations for black people. And Bill Maher was like, no, you can't do that. If you do that, we're going to lose. And dude supposed to be super liberal progressive guy. And shout out to Bill Maher. I know, I know y'all think I don't like Bill Maher. I'm actually a big fan of Bill Maher. And he did say something about this education thing that reigns true. He said that higher education is a hustle. And he's right. Because a lot of jobs we don't need degrees for. So, yo, shout out to Bill Maher. But he is a good example of how you can't do nothing for black people straight out. You, you got to hide it. See what I'm saying? Like, you can't do nothing for black people straight out. But what Joe Biden did do... He made it slick means tested and said anybody who got a Pell Grant, <laughs> you can get 20000 instead of 10000 And tell you something, man, all my black friends, I ain't going to say all of them, most of my black friends in college, we got Pell Grant. So, so this is a big gift for black people, yo. <laughs> and it's so slick because he did the means testing, so now Republicans can't really say anything. Sneaky, sneaky Uncle Joe. Oh. But any Republican got a problem with this, just pretend like it's a tax cut. Just pretend like it's a big tax cut. Because once again, we've been subsidizing and giving rich folks money for the longest. We've been trying to make this trickle down economics work since Reagan, and it's not working. It's not working, but people still want to believe the trickle down really works. But when you give something directly to the people, man, everybody's in a hissy fit. So, yeah, man, come on over, guys. 
Come off of it. This is a win for everybody. But I refuse to be ashamed about this bailout that's helping personally me. I refuse to be ashamed about it, man. All the bailouts I done subsidized throughout my damn life, y'all ain't finna shame me on this one. The same people trying to shame me now are the main recipients of the government doing something for them. They done benefit off social welfare, tax cuts, tax breaks, subsidies. But nope, 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 nope. When it's my turn, oh, nah, Marcus, be ashamed for taking the benefits of being an American. Something that's going to help out all of us <laughs> so we can get into, like, ownership and start buying property and live the American dream. Psh, nah, you ain't shaving me, though. So, Joe Biden. Way to win a midterm, dog. Like, yo. I've been seeing people say that. Like, hey, the timing of this is super conspicuous. I think Joe Biden did this to win the midterm. And the answer is, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? That's politics. <laughs> of course he waited. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, maybe it was like some finagling in the background. They had to work out a plan. He had to do that. But yeah, release it now. To galvanize your base and other people to vote for you. So you can... Show them what you did for them, and they can be like, yeah, I did that. Now I'm going to vote this guy in. Yeah, that's how politics work. Of course he waited. Like, the hell wrong with y'all? Why do you think, like, Republicans wait to give tax cuts close to midterms or throw the base some red meat? This is how politics work. But, yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. So let's all rejoice in this debt forgiveness. And hopefully, hopefully, it doesn't get blocked because I'm not sure this whole thing legal. Yo, if you like the Common Knowledge Podcast, check out the Random Show hosted with me and the homie Alex Lex Caliber Hunter. On the Random Show, we talk about random shit. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at random. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B. Random. Yo, real talk. Me and the homie Daniel Brandon just did a podcast talking about the future of streaming and what's going to be going on and what we thought the uh, the future of TV and entertainment was going. And in that podcast, I said that I thought a lot of these shows were going to get canceled because of budgeting. Like, it's not feasible for Netflix to pay so damn much money for a script or for a series when they have all this competition out. Like, there's too many damn streaming services out now so the days when netflix could give you like maybe a cowboy bebop or resident evil you're not gonna see that anymore because budget man like frankly budget and it just came down that resident evil is getting canceled after the first season which was a damn good season damn good show but it's not getting the second season and that is because i'm pretty sure the damn budget they're not saying why but look in this economy, they're trying to cut out money anywhere they can. But that leads me to a funny story I saw about HBO's Max, uh, House of Dragon. And that's the House of Dragon star Steve uh, Toussaint response to backlash from critics over his casting. And this has been a topic of mine for the longest because as most of you know that I'm an actor here in Japan. I'm an actor. And casting is a funny process, right? Casting, in a lot of cases, is just based on looks. Do they think you fit the image? 
right? I think we're trying to get to the point now where casting is based on skill and how good of an actor you are, but there's a lot of actors out here, frankly, who are not good actors. They're going to call no names. I mean, I will if you twist my arm, but there's a lot of actors out here who aren't good actors, but they fit a certain aesthetic or look, and the casting director likes that, and they just cast them and let it fly, right? A lot of that happens, but let's dig into this, uh, Steve Toussaint backlash. And I'm going to read from the Good Morning America story. Steve Toussaint is addressing critics who have commented about his casting in the new House of Dragons series. In an interview with Men's Health, Toussaint, who plays Lord Corey Varon in the show, shuts down critics who have suggested his casting doesn't match what is portrayed in author's George R.R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood novel. Basically, the controversy is Mr. Toussaint is a black guy in the House of Dragons series, right? And the criticism is that basically a black guy shouldn't be a wealthy lord. That's not the image they was looking at. And he just hit on a key fact that I always like to point out. When I talk about like TV series and people are like, that's not appropriate at the time. Where do y'all think black people were, were at? Like, seriously, y'all, do y'all think black people just turned up after the 60s, 70s, and 80s? Black people were always there. Like, look at like European history. Look at the Moors. The Moors were black, right? The Crusades, they were fighting against black people, <laughs> right? <laughs> All throughout history, black people are there, right? It's not like black people just popped up. The same thing I say about American TV history, like the Andy Griffith show. You see no black people walking in the community or down the street. I'm like, well, what do you think the black people was at? No, black people was consciously left out of those series, right? And why were they left out? I think you guys know the reason. But let me continue with the story. I just wanted to point that out. There was a point when the rulers of this country, the Caesars, was an African man. And there are street names that tell you that there were people who looked like us in this country even then. And that's also true, man. Look at some of the street names in uh, Italy and France. You can tell that, that some black people were there. But for some reason, it seems to be very hard for people to swallow, Toussaint said. They're happy with flying dragons. They're happy with white hair and violet color eyes. But a rich black guy? That's beyond the pale. And that's the truth, man. That's the truth. A lot of people, and not just white people, to be honest, not, not just white people, a lot of people lose their mind when they see the portrayal of a wealthy black person over people of other races or in a, a station that's regal or wealthy. They lose, they got, Damn mine. And why is this? And I'm going to say the word. A lot of y'all are going to hate it when I say it. You're not going to like it, but I'm going to say it anyway. White privilege. <laughs> this is a big case of white privilege. It's all in your damn face. It's there. You cannot deny it. This is white privilege. And yo, look, we all have privileges, dude. Privileges is this. This is just a good indication of white privilege. And white privilege is the fact that you've been used to seeing 
only people that look like you in power for so long that seeing anything different seems out of place. Let me say that again. You've gotten used to seeing people who look like you in power for so long that anything else seems out of place. I had this argument with a, a white friend of mine about, uh, what's that show on Netflix? Uh, Bridgerton. It's like, why is the queen black? How dare the queen be black? I'm like, dude, you know this is fantasy, right? <laughs> Yo, the queen could be anything, dude. Why do you have a problem seeing a black queen? Well, that that, that wouldn't have been appropriate back then. W- were you alive back then? And where were all the black queens and, and, and kings? <laughs> right? It's like, nobody can process black people being anything but subservient or struggling. Even in fantasy, it's just so beyond the pale, like Mr. Toussaint said. And that's what we were addressing. And yo, this is another good example of this too, right? Outside of the entertainment realm. There's a news anchor in New Zealand, uh, Oreni Kaipra. She's a news anchor in New Zealand at the station called News Hub. And she's been getting a lot of backlash because she has a face tattoo called a mukukoi. And her critics are saying it's so unprofessional for her to have a face tattoo. It's scaring the kids. It's unpleasing. But let me let her explain what a mukukoi is. Well, mokokauai is uh, really reserved for Māori women. It's not for anyone. It's just Māori m- women, and it's a birthright, but it's not a right where every Māori woman uh, goes out and seeks it. It actually takes a lot. Uh, the, the essence of it really is uh, a connection to whakapapa. Being Māori, which is being indigenous, indigenous people, so it's not just Māori who, who have facial markings. There's a lot of indigenous cultures who are embracing their um, you know, indigeneity, and for Māori, Māori women, having a mokokauai is actually a commitment to becoming better, to becoming a better version of oneself, to reconnecting to your homelands, to your spiritual essence as a Māori woman. And in fact, you know, the mana of the moko itself, it derives from, you know, hineahuone, our deities, our, you know, our belief systems. And for Māori women in this modern age, it's, it takes a lot, a lot of guts to actually go ahead and go through it. A lot of strength to carry that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so the mukukoi is similar to what us in America would call a tribal a tribal tattoo. It looks like a tribal tattoo, and that is very popular among our uh, our white brothers and sisters to get tribal tattoos. You know, uh, you see people like The Rock, who's like half Samoan, has tribal tattoos, and he's like, "Oh, this represents my culture." That's the same thing with this mukukoi. But when people saw it on TV, they're like, oh my God, how dare her be unprofessional on TV with a face tattoo? Because the mukukoi goes pretty much on your chin across your bottom lip. So it's a face tattoo, right? But why do people find that insulting? They find it insulting because they don't know her culture, what it means, and White people in general has bastardized tribal tattoos. <laughs> Seriously. White privilege is being able to steal a tattoo and then when you see it in its actual intention on the person say, oh, that's dumb. Mm, no, that's not presentable. <laughs> 
See what I'm saying? That's like on the same lines as Mr. Toussaint, right? We got to do better. We have this image in our head, right, that we have to break. We have to break our way of thinking. So when we see something different that doesn't mesh with our culture, we're not jarred about it. Like, you have a right to have your opinion. You have a right not to like it. But until you educate yourself on what you're seeing and the meaning, take a pro tip. Shut the hell up. <laughs> right? And that's what all the critics of Mr. Tucson should have did. Shut the hell up. And the same thing with this beautiful anchor from New Zealand with the Mukukoi. Shut the hell up. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Pro tip for life. Yo, DJ L Spade here. Asking y'all, take a second after you listen to my podcast and go check out my new album, L Spadia 2. Got over 200,000 streams on Spotify and over 100,000 streams on Apple Music right now. I think you'll like it. Check it out. Tell me what you think about it. Hit me up on Instagram at DJ L Spade. Follow me on Facebook at DJ L Spade. Follow me on Twitter. I bet you can guess. At DJ L Spade. Peace.